DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone, brought to you by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Mention this ad and save yourself $33. All right, Yach, you got to clean something up here. You got a little... Correct. Correction to make. There's a second Mac. You know what? That? Yeah, there's a second. There's the Mid-American Conference Correct. that Northern Illinois plays in. Mm-hmm. What's this Mac? This is the Middle Atlantic Conference. So, so BYU's uh, game in DeKalb is back on? It's not necessarily canceled at this point. Celebrate good times, DeKalb. What's about 60 well, miles west of Chicago, something like that? Watching DJ, that. As you know, there's nothing quite like Maxion. Yeah, watching that. Thank you, Gordon. Watching, <laughs> watching that game, and it was so dark on TV, I just had the feeling like they're playing out in the middle of the cornfield and there's nothing for 30 miles in any direction. And that's probably not true, but that's the impression I got sitting back here watching the game. All right, so that game, at least for now, is back on. So relax on that. Now we'll, we'll see how things play out going forward. So, Gordon, the question here is, with, every, with everybody, assuming everybody's going to conference-only schedules, we know for sure the Big Ten is. There's rumors about other leagues. Um, but uh, the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12, whatever the reports are, they haven't totally committed into jumping into the conference-only pool, although we know everybody's been thinking about it for a while. But assuming that happens, as conference-only schedules, what should BYU do? It's up on our Facebook page. Um, this will shock you. Uh, I don't want to read every response from you. We'll let Brooks, Brooks Lloyd speak for them. Uh, they should go back to the Mountain West. I'm sad that Utah missed their tune-up game against Little Bro. I'm, that probably could have been more dismissive, Gordon, but I'm not sure how. <laughs> yeah, so what are the Cougars going to do? If they end up, uh, if they need to add three games, are they going to go to the, the Mountain West and say, hey, guys, remember us? Before they go to the Mountain West, if I were, if I were Tom, I'd go to Bristol, Connecticut. Probably not, yeah. li- probably not literally. Probably, you know, yeah. on the phone or on Zoom. And just say... You know, it doesn't look like everybody's going to be playing 12 games. It looks like there's going to be a shortage of games. We can help you out. We need games. We got flexibility. Help, help, help us help you. And, and honestly, ESPN's smart enough that they probably are already thinking that before Tom picks up the phone. But it never hurts to call and, and offer your help, even if they know that help's available. And uh, ESPN is going to try to broker games. They're going to want content, and they're going to try and make. They're going to be burning up the phones trying to mix and match. And and I, it's tough because of the travel. But football charters, and if the ACC is going to take care of Notre Dame, and we've already seen some quotes that they are going to, which would be the smart thing for the ACC to do. That's 15 teams. Now, sometimes due to a hotspot, somebody might need a bye week, but sometimes somebody might need a game. Well, Notre Dame is Notre Dame. I mean, who wouldn't want to play Notre Dame if they had an opportunity sure. to do so? And so folks might line up for that. But that but means another know. ACC team needs a game. And I don't know yeah. if it'll be Pitt or West Virginia or Syracuse or BC. I mean, we can sit here and I can read the whole conference to you. But if Notre Dame's playing an ACC team, some in the ACC needs a game, unless that's when they take a bye. But I don't think this year, with a limited number of games, that you're going to want to take a bye unless you have to. And maybe you have to, right? A whole position group test positive and you can't play. Or there's an outbreak in your team and 20 positive tests and you can't play a game. So maybe that would solve the ACC's problem. But there might be some weeks they need a game and you know, BYU might be available. Is any game better than, than no game at all? Yes. 
Uh, in my mind, it is. Wonder who is who is BYU. If if the let's say the Power Five conferences or most of them say, uh-uh, we're just going to play right. concentrate yeah. on the conference. And BYU sitting there going, okay, who, who is left to pick from? Who, who can ESPN help us line up that, that will be worthy of a TV game? Army, UConn, Liberty, New Mexico State. I mean, we can, we can list them off. Yeah. And it might be ESPN News instead of ESPN t- or ESPN, right? Or AB, what was it? ESPN. Was USC an ABC game? I can't remember. One it of was them an was. ABC game. Yeah. yeah, it was. Right. Yeah, so you're not on ABC or ESPN. You're on ESPN2 or ESPNU or ESPN News. You know, they still need the programming. Not We just ESPN had Mark Harlan 3. on. Yeah, we just had Mark Harlan on saying it's a $5 million game uh, when they play a Pac-12 game, right? So hey, some of these games aren't $5 million games, but nobody wants to walk away from $1 or 2 or $3 million. So you, you just find it. What's the best, what's the best option available? Take it. And he, something is better than nothing. Okay, let me back up. When you say when he said it's a five million dollar game, is that assuming some gate? Or I think that's that what assume, it's worth to the TV, TV package. Is how I took I it. See. I'd have to go back and listen to okay. it again. But I took that as what that's worth to the TV package. And when people can't go to games or they can only go in very limited numbers, then the maybe the TV's worth a little more. Hmm. What? Jake, do you think that what BYU had slated this year is their, their best schedule they ever had? It's up there. It's a top three at, be, at the very worst. Six, wouldn't it be six wouldn't power it be five ironic. opponents? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, wouldn't it be know, ironic or just strange that uh, that schedule transforms into a schedule yeah. that There's, may not be all that exciting to anyone? Although at this point, maybe folks will take whatever they can get. I, I hope that I hope they will. You know, just take whatever you can get and support your team and. You know, do the best you can. I will say that, uh, Gordon, that, you know, the sexiest schedule and the best schedule can be two different things. You know, Minnesota's coming off a great year. Is Minnesota going to be great again? Well, it's not going to matter to the why now because they're not going to play Minnesota. You know, ASU and Utah are being picked 2-3 in the Pac-12 South. But there are years where, you know, a team can win the Pac-12 South at 8-1 and and 2-3 and can be 5-4, and right? Right. So are they are they... Seven and two, six and three, second and third place teams, or are they five and four, second and third place teams, or is it just wrong? And you know, one of them is going to go three and six. You know, I, I wouldn't think so. Uh, but those programs, DJ, they have the the, the marquee is there. I yes. mean, you know, so so it doesn't matter the specifics of how good that team is. Uh, as far as BYU and BYU fans go, because it's a freaking Pac-12 team. Right. So, when, when you get yeah. the six Power 5 games, and BYU fans are going to be excited for every one of those. Well, they're not now because they're not going to play. But, you know, in the normal times, they'd be excited for every one of those. And you put Utah State and Boise State, I don't care that they're not Power 5. I am right. I am geared up, and I am on for BYU-Utah State and BYU-Boise State. I'm, I'm ready to go. Play ball. Th- yeah. Those games routinely entertain me. There have been a few blowouts, but they are usually pretty entertaining games. They are, and that's what made this schedule coming up so yeah. attractive, I think, for BYU fans who have suffered through their fair share of having to play UMass, you know, and, yeah. and teams of that ilk. Well, the interesting thing about last year was, you know, they had all these big-name opponents, and they went to Tennessee, and they won, and they beat USC in overtime, but then they lost to Toledo, and they lost to Hawaii, and they lost to South Florida. So if ever we have been taught by a BYU schedule not to judge the book by its cover and the team by its uh, its rep, it was last year, because on paper, 
uh, you'd have picked five games wrong. Yeah. Quickly. <laughs> so. Well, Jake Scott, uh, my partner in the afternoon, he, uh, I think he passed along that uh, depends on how how determined or desperate, whatever word you want to use, you are to play games. He said that somebody from Montana or Montana State had said they're going to play games, uh, and they don't care if they have to play each other ten times. Yep. Uh, and I, I just thought to myself, can you imagine playing the same team Maybe two the, or but, three? Okay, but the Utah nice. State game has entertained me so many times. If they announce this year they're going to play home and home, the next morning, tune in. I am not going to complain. <laughs> I am absolutely – if BYU and Utah State say, hey, ESPN in games, and they asked us to do this, I'm like, great. I'm glad ESPN asked them to do that. Play ball. I'll watch you BYU and Utah State play twice. Those games entertain me. You know, it's a different that's, year. That's, I'm ready for something I, different. If I never thought that I'd see that, but in a year like this, maybe you will. Yeah. All right, Rick's on the phone. You never know what Rick's going to say. Rick, good morning. Hey, morning, TJ. Morning, Rick. Yeah, I don't think you guys are seeing the big picture here. Well, I mean, of course remember, we are. it's enter- it's entertainment, and they're non-essential. If a non-essential person gets it and gives it to mom or dad and their sister and they die, it's over. And remember, we have a program right now that promotes the disease. You're going back to school. They're, these college football players aren't going to be in a bubble. They're going to be in mainstream and then playing football. Can't happen. Absolutely will not happen. So things are the best they're going to be right now. All the conservative states have a program that promotes it. So they'll be denied by progressive states. Like, I'm not letting somebody from Arizona who has a 20% test positive rate come here. That's ridiculous. Guys, this is not essential. You're not, we're in, we are on the verging on having four pandemics. The reason New York, China, Korea were able to put, they literally put a wall around the city or Wuhan province because in China you can't. You leave your house, you're under arrest. Here, the president, I want to open it up on Easter, okay, because of his reelection. You're, you can't put a wall around this country now. So now we are going to have a pandemic. You're going to have many closures everywhere, like the state of Florida is ridiculous, Texas. California will be progressive and say, now I'm not letting Arizona or Florida State come here. It's going to be a little exhibition season. Remember, this isn't flu season. Well, why, the dew points are a lot higher. Something suspended in the air, it'll be ridiculously bad. If there's ample testing, though, and, and you know that a team is clean, why wouldn't you let them in? That's what I'm saying. They won't be clean. Remember, your students got to go to school. They'll be getting right. infected. But, and if, but if they're tested. non-essential entertainment guy becomes infected and infects grandma who, get, who gets killed, that's only going to take once before all these private schools figure out, whoa, there's a lot of exposure here, a lot of liability. So do you think the – okay, so yesterday, uh-huh. just just yesterday, Rick, the High School Activities Association okayed sports. Now, in New Mexico, just yesterday, the state there shut everything down. So two different right. – different. do you think all the high school stuff's going to get shut down too? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give it a couple months. But we're a conservative state. Now, I, we run this state a lot better than others, but keep in mind eight out of ten people, you know, got their head in, their sand, in the sand. <laughs> things are getting worse. We don't have a plan. We actually have a plan to make things worse right now because you have this corrupt 
compromise. I can say it, and that's not inflammatory. That's it's not intelligent. You guys can't <laughs> say it because you work for somebody. You know. Um, that's not yeah, but we worked. We worked for somebody, Rick. We worked for somebody who shut the NBA down, who literally shut down right before that the Lakers smart. came to town, nonsense. which would have been a mega payday. The Laker crowd, mega payday. That would have been eighteen thousand three hundred six. Take it to the bank. You can maybe make it work if you do a bubble thing. But these and, rich brats aren't going to do aren't going to do five months. Uh, a pro football in a bubble, Rick. You know, you know we work, great. Rick. You know we work for a conservative place where every morning when I walk into the building, yep. I have I to know. have the mask on and I have to lean over and line up my face what? with a monitor, and it takes my temperature. Right. Ninety-seven point oh one. I'm as cool as the other side of the pillow, people. Oh no. <laughs> you're you're right. right, but eight, nine out of ten of the conservatives think, "Hey, I got a constitutional right." They can't make me wear that thing. It's ridiculous. Well, well Rick, uh, I don't know what part of the show you heard or didn't hear, uh, but the discussion this morning included, right. with Mark Harlan, included the safety of the athletes and making the hard right. budget yeah. decisions if they play zero football games. Right. Everybody is aware zero football games is on the table. you know. But I don't think anybody wants to rule out a game in November now. You can cancel that game in September or October just as easily. I hear what Rick is saying, though. I get, I get what he's saying here, and, and it, it is worth considering that we've been too sloppy with this thing. We, we haven't had the discipline necessary to really handle it the way it should have been handled, in my opinion. Now, you have a sport coming up, and like he said, it's not in a bubble. It's not these college kids. They're on. They're visiting with their friends, and they. And then, yeah, I. I was thinking about that same thing. What happens when those kids go home and they get somebody else sick? What's well, going to happen with that? But I wonder if don't. a team is being regularly tested. Is that accurate enough? Is that reliable enough to be able to feel better about having teams go from Oregon down to down to uh, Arizona or or vice versa? I. I'm not a doctor. I don't know, but I. You have to trust the testing to some extent, though. I you? think that that is why um, we're seeing a lot of sharing now between leagues. I mean, Mark Harlan said the Monarchs, which is the USL team, essentially it's like the AAA baseball team to, you know, it's a top minor league affiliate, essentially, to uh, RSL. And they're going to play a game tomorrow at 2 o'clock, and they're going to let in fans maybe up to 5,000. They could have adjusted that number in the last couple of days, and I wouldn't know. But ballpark, 5,000 in a 20,000-seat stadium. Now, that is a test drive. If uh, Brian Dunseth was saying on TV last night, remember the date August 15th. August 15th. Because he was hinting that that's when Major League Soccer will restart. And Brian doesn't just make that stuff up. He knows lots of people in soccer. He's heard that date. He won't tell us who, but he's heard that date. And so Mark Harlan said, we're sending people down to observe to learn from that. You know, I think everyone's learning from the bubble. Can the NBA maintain a bubble in Florida when Florida is a hotspot? Yes. And Orlando is an issue, but can they maintain it? Now, we know over the last couple, well, we know, we have been told over the last couple of days that the Jazz, all negative tests, they've maintained the bubble. The teams that went into the Major League Soccer bubble with issues have since pulled out of the tournament. Yeah. Nashville and FC Dallas had positives before they went there, had more there and left. But the other teams there don't have it. And the other teams that the other 24 didn't have it when they went there. 
So I think the answer, Gordon, is yes. And as we watch first MLS and then NBA, whether you care about either of those leagues or not, watch those test results because that's going to inform them. Everybody who's come on, Dr. David Petron, Mark Harlan from the U, they've said, we know more now than we knew when we were on your show the last time. And we're going to know more in a month than we know right now. We're going to know more in two weeks than we know right now. So they're learning from all this stuff around them. So to your point, yeah, to Rick's point, this may all go away. There may not be any games. There may not be any college basketball. I have seen that written. I yeah. know that's being considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, if there's a bias built into this that Rick should have called us on. I'll do it for you, Rick. You don't have to call back. <laughs> it's that we would prefer the games to be played. It would be more fun. It would be normal. It would make money. People we know in the jazz organization have lost their jobs. People we know at the University of Utah could lose their jobs. We can go down the line. Utah State, BYU, Rail Salt Lake. We know these people. And we would prefer that they not lose their jobs and that this all happens. Sitting around and talking about, there will be zero games. You know, we're probably not going to do that. That's not a great conversation. It's a realistic conversation. And we bring it up at times. But we probably are disproportionately focusing on how they can play. It's a more enjoyable conversation. It's our built-in bias. Right. We had a we had a guest on our show on the big show yesterday and he he put his odds uh, at 50-50 that whether college football was going to be played at all this season. Yeah. And I thought, wow, but but I hear what Rick is saying. I in fact, I've probably been I get I get messages from people all the time, you're worrying too much about this. It's going to be okay. You know, don't look at the total numbers of people who come down with COVID-19. Look at other factors. Look at the, you know, deaths and and uh yeah. how how full the hospitals are. All That's that a good number. That's an important number to look at. Oh, well, they're all important, but yeah. I I don't like to see people getting it. Uh, and and I and I don't. There's so much argument right now about the way the country should go about this. I understand that there are variances of opinion, but I, I do agree with Mark Harlan. Absolute priority has to be the safety and welfare, the health of those athletes, and not just the athletes, but their families. Like Rick was saying. Okay, but it, Gordon, if this season spills over into next year. They're not going home at Christmas to be around their families, possibly. And here's the other thing, and we don't really like getting into this because it's kind of negative, but some people grow up upper middle class and have four people living in 4,000 square feet. Yeah. Other people grow up couch surfing. The family is homeless at times, or the family takes in another family or extended family members, and there's six or eight or 10 or 12 people living in three bedrooms in 1,500 square feet. That's not a safe situation. If there's 10 people in a house or an apartment and one person gets it, you're not social distancing. Three bedrooms, one or two bathrooms, you're not social distancing. How many of these athletes are safer on campus? Well, it depends on which athlete you're talking about. Well, I'm getting soft in my old age, as you know, DJ. I I worry about... I just don't like to see people dying, and uh, who does, right? But right. Uh, it, it worries me when people just sort of rationalize, say it's no big deal, it's no worse than it is typically in a typical year. Oh, I, 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 all I know is people are dying. I look at those statistics, and I just go, man, okay, that guy, even if somebody is along in years, and they think, oh, he was 70 years old and he died. You know, yeah, he was going to die anyway sooner or later. Well, he might, you know, who wants to cheat somebody out of 10 or 15 more years of life? Right. Uh, yeah. Or and, two or three. Sometimes sometimes <laughs> we talk about these things like, yeah, 
Oh, well, you know, yeah. no. Well, and also unknown, and we can talk to David, Dr. David Petra next time we have him on, you know, how much do we know, because it is a new coronavirus, how much do we know if you get it, how does it impact your lungs in 10 years? And there have already yeah. been early studies about you're more prone to have blood clots. So you survive it now, but does it impact you in five or 10 or 20 years? Does a person sure. who get it at 30 right now, does it impact them with their 50? I don't know. I don't know the answer to this. Don't holler me about fear mongering. I don't know to be afraid. I don't know not to be afraid. I don't think anybody <laughs> knows yet. I mean, this thing, yeah. it's only, it's only been a thing for a few months, you know? So I think people are considering all of that. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5. I got to say, when I did hear this conference-only thing, though, that to go back to our original point about BYU's schedule, that you can obsess about it, but because it still might come down to zero football games, it might not really matter. BYU might be impacted exactly as much as everybody else. We're all straightening thick tears on the Titanic. That's a possibility. All right, DJ and PK, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net! Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Utah Jazz had no positive test for COVID-19 upon arriving in Orlando and undergoing quarantine, while two separate tests were administered to all staff members. The Jazz practiced yesterday and were among the first teams to take the court in the bubble, along with the Magic, the Suns, the Nets, and the Wizards. The Atlanta Hawks G League affiliate became the first team in the league to hire a woman as GM with the promotion of Tori Miller to the post, leading the College Park Skyhawks. Houston Rockets stars James Harden, Russell Westbrook, among a small group that did not travel with the rest of the team's traveling party to Orlando yesterday. They're expected to travel separately to Orlando and join up with their teammates there. This back to basketball update is presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone, the Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, Gordon Monson, sitting in for PK this morning. He's on vacation. He'll be back next week. The show is brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at lhmdeals.com. Normally, we recap what we've been talking about. We were just talking with Rick, and he's like, no football, no way, no how. Dropping the hammer. And he could well be right. And Mark Harlan actually acknowledged that when he's on with his 8 o'clock hour. You know, all options are on the table, and and you got to listen to the medical people and see what they tell you when you get to that point. Uh, I don't think what we're going to see, PK, is somebody make a definitive decision on something three, six, nine months out, which is kind of what Rick is doing. Uh, And he may well be right, but that decision will be made at the time. Now, to the point about how do we socially distance, uh, do we go hang out in groups, do we wear masks? All those things are going to impact the numbers going forward. If the numbers get where they are in South Florida right now, we're not playing football. Rick will be dropping a big old I told you so. CNN just tweeted out that in Florida's Miami-Dade County, more than 33% of coronavirus tests Thursday were positive. Now, mm. the hospital rate, I don't know that. The death rate, I don't know that. But at 33% positive of all the tests, yeah, we're not playing football. That's... <laughs> I, I just can't believe we're going to see numbers like that. 
and let's see, South Florida, Miami-Dade County. Well, that would be, what, three schools, Florida Atlantic, Florida International, and obviously the University of Miami, the Canes. I mean, that would be three schools, and whoever their opponents are, would be dramatically impacted. I, I can't believe there'd be a college football game with those numbers in that environment if we had a football game tomorrow. You know, DJ, uh, first of all, I'm not going to be offended that you called me PK, but that's okay. I've done that like three times this morning. That's who I talked to for, yeah. But where is where where is that line that you draw uh, as far as policy goes? I mean, how how much is too much? How you know how do you determine that? This is just like we talked about in the last segment. This is life and death for some people, uh, family members, others that uh, might be involved in this. Where how do you measure that? You know, I, I, that that's just that's too heavy for the morning. I this guess. was not a thing. Uh, a year ago, right? This was yeah. not, uh, this was on nobody's, I guess if you're an epidemiologist, you would, um, you would be thinking about in general a pandemic, but like this specific one and how dangerous is it? You know, the first things that were heard were heard in the fall. I think we'd all heard about it by January uh, yeah. with the jazz shutting down. We really started to experience it in March because the jazz shut down on a Wednesday and by the following Monday, kids weren't going to school. So we were all experiencing it at that point. So a lot of these health questions, I just don't think they're good answers for. All I can tell you is what has happened is that when a team of 25 to 30 athletes has five to 10 tests, in soccer, they stop playing. In an athletic department with 85 football players and 200-ish, maybe 250 student, uh, student athletes, scholarship athletes, when their tests get to double digits, the alarm bells go off. Right, Because Texas took action at 13. Houston took action at 14. LSU went from 0 to 30 like that. We don't know if they would have drawn a line at 10 or 15 or 20. They had 30 positive tests. They took action. Didn't Clemson have 37? Something like that. uh, That was North Carolina just had 37. Clemson had 33, I think, originally. Oh, was it? Yeah, Clemson was in that original wave with Texas and LSU. They had a big outbreak as well. I thought LSU was the biggest at 30. Some people were accusing that they might have been trying to do the herd immunity thing there or something. But uh, I can't comment on that. I have no idea what they're doing there and who's doing what to prevent it and who's doing what to to, uh, avoid getting sick in the fall. But are you a believer in a vaccine, DJ? Uh, I want to be, but it seems like there's so much wiggle room in what I've read that I don't know... You know, the word vaccine doesn't cover all the options, basically. The word vaccine does not cover the multiple scenarios. Does a vaccine, does it work on 50% of the people, on 70% of the people, on 98% of the people? I think the measles vaccine, the polio vaccine, those, those are some of the best, right? Those really stop it. Um, Dr. Fauci said he'd be happy if it was 70%. There was a report we could have something in the late fall that might be around 50%, you know, something maybe October, November, December, fourth quarter of the year. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, am I a believer in it? I mean, even if we have it, I've read stuff like, well, we're short on the um, the vials that it goes in. So distributing, getting it out to, to, to 50 million, to 100 million, to 200 million people, trying to get to all 320 or 330 million people in the U.S., whatever it is now, you know, that's going to take weeks and months. And I got to say, they were, that bugs thought- me. That bugs I thought me. they were. I thought they were in phase three testing now, and they they had like seven different candidates, and they were mass producing each one so that whichever one or two they select, yeah. that they were going to be ready to just flood the market. With. I hope that's true. I hope that's true. 
I hope that's updated information and, and better than what I read a while ago. I, I hope you're spot on. You know, I, I, I don't I want to be optimistic, but I don't want to be unrealistic. I don't want to lie to myself. But I know most of the time when we talk to people who know more about this or we listen to people speak who know more about this and study this, they are staying away from definitives. So if they are and I'm not as smart as them, I think I need to stay away from definitives. You know, there's a range of things that could happen going forward. We could catch a huge break and this thing could mutate and not be a and not be a problem at some point. But is that point six months out or a year out or 18 months out? I don't know. And I don't know that anyone does know. You know, well, this this vaccine thing is being fast tracked. And and some people I've heard some people say, well, typically it's three or four years, all this stuff. And I'm thinking, yeah, but typically you don't see billions and billions and billions of dollars thrown at something because there's a lot at stake here, including jobs like you talked about, the economy and all that other stuff. So there's motivation in a big, big way to try and get this under control, if that's the right way of saying it. You know, it's funny. I've. uh uh, we have friends of our family who lost their daughter to a really rare form of cancer. And they started a foundation. And one thing that they were told when they're asking advice uh, before they did it is they were told that uh, it's going to be really hard for you to fund research because although this is a deadly disease and it impacts people, it doesn't impact a lot of people. So the reward for a drug company isn't as big. And there's right. so many things that need to be done, and they can't all be done at the same time medically. These companies are going to default to the diseases that impact more people. Now, they fortunately have, uh, you know, found a way to work around that and found some researchers to work with, uh, multiple researchers in multiple countries. And it's been great. They've done wonderful things. And it's been an amazing story. But as negative as that was for them to hear in the moment, even though they kind of overcome that, I keep going back to that lesson because we know them well and we've heard these stories. And I keep going back to that lesson and thinking, well, this is something that impacts more people than anything else. It's literally, you know, a certain percentage of the of the population uh, is worried about heart issues, another stroke issues, another cancer issues, right? These are wide ranging problems we all know about. But literally every one of those groups is worried about this. I don't right. think we've had anything in my lifetime that has impacted, has a potential to impact everyone the way this does. So to your point, yeah, there's more money to throw at it because there's more people who are going to be impacted. You know, a topic of discussion for you and PK next week maybe is something really light and very easy to handle would be the role of sports in the storm. How important (laughs) is it? Rick was sitting there saying it's non-essential, all that stuff. How essential is this stuff? I mean, how essential, how important is it for people to be able to have some sort of entertainment, some sort of diversion? Because I keep reading about the mental aspect of this whole thing how difficult that is for people 100 percent that underreported because the immediate physical stuff is so important is the mental health of the country and i would tell you that the kids who are in elementary school now junior high and high school that group the mental health issues the anxiety issues you talk to teachers to principals to social workers and they will all tell you those kids are dealing with stuff on a level and are getting beat up on a level that we didn't face when we were their age now i was heard when i was that age that it was harder to be a kid than it was when my aunts and uncles were that age but that has happened again a couple times and to the point this state and many other states need to make a big investment in mental health professionals on school campuses and they're yeah. very well, I mean, many of the folks are aware of it. Some are acting on it, some aren't, some are ignoring it. 
I talked to my five-year-old granddaughter the other day, DJ, and she said, I said, what are you doing today? She said, we're going on a hike, but don't worry. We're going to uh, social distance, you know? And, and I think about, I'm a five-year-old. Right. And what did the, when, they, when they hear about, you know, death and disease and what kind of stress are they putting on themselves and what are they thinking about that you don't know? And I know as a parent, my kids have thought about stuff. And when I finally got up to speed on what they were thinking, I'm like, man, how was I that disconnected? How did I not know that? Yeah. But well, then DJ, I talked to these teachers, principals, and social workers, and like that's a routine story. Many of us are disconnected in ways we don't understand. You and I have been in a thousand arenas through the years, and you look around at the people in the building. They're yelling, they're clapping, they're screaming, they're and happy, they're level, sad. Yeah. And I look around at those people and say, what is, what is the purpose of this? People get so emotional, so into it. Well, it's a release. It's people, it, 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 it does play a role in people's lives that I think is a little more important than just, uh, you know, putting a smile on your face. And it's not just sports, you know, it's the arts. Broadway is dark and concerts, and it doesn't matter if you go to the symphony or the opera or if you're waiting for the Eagles and the Stones to come through on tour. You know, doing stuff as a group matters, having fun together matters, and not having that is impacting us all in ways we, we probably don't fully get. Yeah, here, here. All right, DJ and PK, final word. Next, stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. He writes for Yahoo Sports as well as Real GM. He's our friend Keith Smith. Now, all the sports talk, I did a pretty good job of staying in shape. And most guys said, it's basketball shape, basketball rhythm. That's what I got to get back into here over the next couple of weeks. I do think those teams that are ready to go. It's funny, I talked to a coach who said, I think young teams, because they're going to come in and, you know, they can get right out of the game and go in. They're going to be good. Then I had another coach tell me almost immediately after that, in the same day, say, I'm worried about the young teams because those are the guys who rely on the crowd to lift them a lot more. So I don't know if those teams are going to do quite so well in this environment. So I think really it's coming into we just don't really know what to expect. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's time for the feedback of the day. Brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City. We're going to pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. What should BYU do with uh, the Big Ten going to the conference-only model that costs the Cougars two games? If other leagues follow, and they haven't officially, but the reports are they're going to, and I think we all assume they're going to, what should the Cougars do? We're not seeing a lot of sympathy. I'm not seeing the love here on... uh, on Facebook and Twitter, Gordon. <laughs> Two, 247 Wood says they should punt. You know, what does that mean exactly? Football joke. I don't know. You just want to make a football pun, I think. Um, Kyle says they should sit this year out. Um, Eric says they should join the Big Sky. Andrew wants them to disband. And Rob thinks they should quickly arrange games with Lone Peak Harriman and Corner Canyon. If they do it now, maybe they can secure home games. So just a ton of sarcasm and nothing really constructive here. My, my answer to this is pick up the phone and call ESPN. ESPN needs content. You're willing to provide it. ESPN's brokered games before. They might be brokering games again. Well, you brought this up earlier, DJ, about uh, it's if you get, only have six games in a season, is it worth playing? You said yes. I, I'm up for them playing whatever they can safely play. You know, it's uh, if when when a game, Mark Harlan came on the radio, and you can listen to this interview on uh, 1280thezone.com or Stitcher, Spotify. Every hour of every show is podcast. He's on in hour uh, three. 
So if you want to look for hour three, or you can just find it also, it's out there as a standalone interview on the website at 1280thezone.com. And you can listen to it. And, uh, and he talks about how every conference game is worth $5 million. So yeah, if you have a chance to play a game, play a game. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, well, if, if it's not safe and you can't, and we've been talking right. about the athletes, but, but Gordon, there's coaches over 50 and 60, and there are coaches with pre-existing conditions, not to mention trainers and doctors. Yep. You know, there, there's a lot of people on, on the staff around a football team, analysts, you know. Not to mention family members around those people. Exactly, so. exactly. So there's a lot to consider on top of the player health. Uh, but if they can play, yeah, there's value in every one of these games. And, you know, if they don't play, and people are going to lose their jobs. And I've, I've lost my job before, and I can tell you for a fact, it sucks. College football is a little bit like a microcosm for society. There, exactly. there is going to be this uh, yeah. this sort of arm wrestle between the financial concerns and the health concerns. Well, on the so. flip side, if you don't sacrifice some, and then you get these numbers we're seeing in Florida today, well, is there going to be even more impact down the line? And more people are going to lose their jobs. You know, is it better yeah. to make some sacrifice now because ten people are going to lose their job instead of a hundred people later on? And you got to weigh all that, and you know Mark Harlan sitting in the big boy chair. That's why that's why ads and school presidents and conference commissioners get paid the big money, right? It is. Uh, thanks for having me on today, DJ. It's been Th- fun. Man. Thanks for coming on. Why don't you go take a nap, grab a snack, go to the bathroom, <laughs> and be back here at two o'clock, Gordon? <laughs> and we'll go another five hours. Yes, I like it. All right. All right. Thanks, Gordon. Say hi to Jake. Uh, okay. Take care. I right, see you, Gordon Monson, sitting in for PK. PK and I'll. Uh, Talk to you Sunday night on Talking Sports.